Son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's holy. He's a worthy lamb. He would be seen in the scripture, prophesied as the lamb of God. He would be slain before the foundation of the world. He would be declared worthy in the book of Revelation. Amen. We declare him worthy today. Amen. He's the worthy lamb. Worthy to take the book and to loose the seals and reveal the mysteries to an end time people. What a privileged hour we're living in. What a glorious day. We can say there's never been a day like this day. What a privilege it is to serve him. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that song. There's never been a day like this day to me. Just worship the Lord a minute. There's never been a day like this day to me. There's never been a day like this day I see. There's never been a light that shines so bright as this day, this glorious day for Christ is revealed. righteous or ordered of the Lord I think the other day as I was with the show family our brother Jerry slipped away on the other side 
You know, he'd seen himself some months ago running down a beautiful road, young, being able to get good deep breaths. It just felt so good. The other day he was able to run out of this old body, throw away the rag of humanity and step into immortality. Amen. It was the answer to his soul, the match to his being. Amen. We have services coming for our brother Jerry Shaw and will be held Monday at 1 p.m. After the graveside service, there will be a meal prepared for family and friends. And it's to be visitation this, this evening at 5 to 7 at Rosenie Funeral Home in Menden. As I said, you know, I was, was able to receive the call and be there with our brother as the Lord carried him on home. Died very peaceably. Just went on. Consider the end of the righteous. Amen. No struggle. No regrets. Just ready to go home. We saw him last Sunday when he was with us and prayed with him after the service out in the foyer. Spoke to him a moment. I knew he was weary. I knew he was ready to go. Healing sometimes is not yet all in this dimension. It's one breath beyond this flesh. A new body. Complete healing. Restored youth. Amen. Into a place that's indescribable. Without sickness. Without pain. Without sorrow. Without suffering. You know, my brother Timothy had went up to and was able to attend the Burris service. I, I just couldn't feel to go there. I, just every time I prayed about it, I, I felt checked. And so I didn't go. We'd asked Brother Aaron to minister on Wednesday night. That was a hand of God as well, too. Brother Joe Adams, of course, being a part of the family, was there with Brother Jerry and and uh, the family, my wife and I went, was able to pray with him and pray with them, share those last special moments. Because God is so good, he has us right at the right place at the right time. He knows exactly how to orchestrate every moment of our lives. It's not happenstance. There's nothing that happens by chance to a Christian. Our brother Jerry was one of our deacons for many years, still an honorary deacon, though he couldn't serve due to his infirmity. He still wanted to be here every service, come in situations that was impossible, seemed like, but he persevered, gritted his teeth, and went right on through was here in the service of the Lord to get everything he could to let the devil know what side he was on. That's a real soldier. Amen. We want to just say our lives are richer today because of a man of God. I feel, uh, on the other hand, 
you know, I, I feel like I have a little part that's missing of a soldier that stood by my side through many, many things, served faithfully the Lord and served this church, him and his dear wife, Sister Rachel, their family and extended family. Brother Craig Boer is here as part of the family. And I think what a testimony to bring children up to serve God and, and young ladies marry ministers that would carry this word around the world and as evangelist as brother and then as brother Craig has been doing going into the far places of the world down in Japan last night in a Bible study they were able to share with some new believers the original sin and light dawned and just struck them and something grabbed a hold of them People are grabbing a hold of this message. You might be letting go of it, but I, I'm not, and there's others not. Amen. You don't want anybody to take your place or to steal your crown. Realize this is an important hour and an important time, and you're, you're blessed to be a part of it. I want us just to bow our heads for a moment. As we turn our eyes on Jesus in this moment, we think about our own humanity and the own frailty of our own life and knowing life is but a vapor. You may be a teenager, you may be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or wherever, but you have no guarantee of another day here on this earth. The important thing is that you live today as if this day was your last one. I want you just to reflect on your life today and on the life, the footprints of those who went before us. As our brother Jerry has slipped beyond the curtain, beyond the curtain of time. And I want you to think, where would you be beyond that curtain? Would you be welcome into the realms of the blessed as we know he was? Or will you be a wandering spirit waiting for the day of judgment because of your attitude toward Christ? I want you just to think of your life today and the preciousness of the life that has went on before us as a church. How privileged we've been. Brother Jerry seemed like his favorite song he would sing, especially in the early days. I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. Around here we call one another brother and sister down here because we're part of a family that we all hold so dear. When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear because we're a part of that family. I want you to think about God's great grace to you. This privilege today that you have to be in the presence of God one more time in the service of God to give Him praise while you have breath left on the earth. Lord Jesus, we bow our heads before you and thank you for the life of our brother Jerry 
his family, his extended family, what they all mean to us today. Our hearts don't feel loss. Our hearts really feel rejoicing because we know he's not lost. We know exactly where he is. We thank you, Father, today that he can run those hills of glory with deep breath. Enjoying the joys of life with the saints that have went on before them. Not an old and feeble person there, but every person gathered there rejoicing because of Calvary, because of what you did for us. We can truly say, Lord, if you'd not come and give your life, we would be of all men most miserable. But Lord, because of your life, because you live, we live also. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll comfort the family and strengthen them in this time. Lord, our sister Rachel, as she's labored long and now for a number of years, Lord, as she gave of herself to, to serve her husband and then her ailing parents and the great burdens that have been upon her that she didn't even consider burdens, but she considered a pleasure to do something for your people, for her husband, her parents. Lord, I pray you'll strengthen her today, encourage her today, and, and not only her, but the rest of the family, the daughters, the son, Lord, each one, Father, the grandchildren, the son-in-laws, in-laws. Lord, I pray that you'll bless them, each one extended family the church family here may lord we just stand a little taller today and square our shoulders back a little more lord if we put away our sword take it out again and press the battle i pray father ever need supply now your children lord there have been those that have asked for prayer lord that has needs those that lifted their hands, our brother Glenn Westerfield that has um, asked for prayer concerning a test and report. I pray God that he'll get a good report. We give it all to you and to your hands in this service today that you would anoint us, Lord, with life and with the power of the Holy Ghost for we serve a resurrected, risen Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I want to sing a song before, before we read the scripture. One more song, Victory in Jesus. This is one, one of the songs, the song that we led around the bed the other day as our brother Jerry went home and we gathered in those last moments. And I want you just to realize we got great victory today in Jesus. We're not a defeated people. We are an overcoming people. You say, well, you know, those that go down in death, they go down in defeat. No, they don't. Those, these died in faith. Amen. And Brother Jerry was a man of faith. Believed God right down to the end, through the end, and on the other side. He's even more of a believer today than he ever was. 
Amen. More alive now today than he ever was. So let's sing this together as we worship the Lord just a moment and we'll read the word of God. Well, I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning of his precious blood Ephesians, we'll read from the first, uh, the third verse of the first chapter, Ephesians 1 and 3. While you're turning there, I want to remind you that we will not be having church here Wednesday night, nor will we be having church here on Sunday, next Easter Sunday morning. For the past um, 32 years, we've been having our, our um Easter service there with the young people as they gather from all over the 
United States, Canada, world, wherever. We've had them from many, many different places to come and gather and be with us. And they're coming, and we'll be having our first service down there on Thursday night. We'll be having a meeting after the church service today about those who would need rides or accommodations or to answer questions or try to get everything um, taken care of to get equipment and, and supplies ready for camp. So uh, if you've never been to a, an old-fashioned Holy Ghost outpouring revival meeting, well, I invite you to come to Louisiana Spring Camp. Amen. It's not just for young people. It's, for, it's to even get the old revived again. Amen. So I'll tell you what, it'll get rid of your dry bones. Amen. We got some good speakers that will be ministering, Brother Danny Steeman, the evening services, and Brother Andrew Glover, the morning service. So reminding you, there will be no service here Wednesday night nor on Sunday morning. So we will be having our services down at Dry Creek, Louisiana, where the creek isn't dry because there comes a rain of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're looking forward to. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with how many? All All spiritual blessings in our position or in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You're not going to be accepted, you're already accepted. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Amen. Taking my subject this morning from in the dispensation of the fullness of time. What's this again? He might gather together in one all things in Christ. I'm going to speak on the gathering. Amen. God bless you. You can take your seats. This week, I was, I was passed a, a little quotation from one of the healing evangelists who actually died, I think, in 1956. His name was Jack Coe. He died of polio. Um, and, um, but nevertheless, he had a, a great healing revival and, and healing campaign. He was... Um, one of the speakers, if you, whether you know it or not, he was one of the speakers with Brother Branham in the Great Crusade, which we watch the film sometimes, The Deep Call It to the Deep. 
And, and um, in one of the services, Brother Jack Coe gave his testimony. But this is what he said about the messenger of this last day, the prophet of God, William Branham. He said, I was having a tent revival in San Antonio in 1945 when I heard that a man called William Branham was discerning people's hearts and praying for the sick. Sometimes we think we're the only one doing something for God. And when I heard about the discernment, I thought it was fortune telling. So I decided to go find for myself what it was all about since he was in the same town I was. I tried to get in the healing line but failed. He was discerning people and declaring them healed. One man that he prayed for had no eyeballs at all. And he told him that eyeballs would be formed in three days. Well, I thought everybody could say that. So as William Branham finished praying for the people, they led him out, the, out the, using the same door where I was sitting nearby. And as he reached close to me, he stopped instantly and laid his hands on me and as he prayed silently. And after that, he, after that he told me that I was not sick, but my body was just tired. And then he softly said, you were doubting whether this was of God or not. I want to tell you this is of God, and we are both fighting the same devil. Go and continue in your revival, for you also were called to pray for the sick. And when I left that meeting, it was like I was walking on clouds. After three days, I decided to find out about that man without eyeballs. And when I saw him, he was still blind, but eyeballs had formed. It was now noon, and that night, after he fell asleep, he awoke around 7 p.m. and started running around um, and shouting praises uh, to God because he was now seeing. And from then on, I knew that Reverend Branham was no ordinary preacher, but was called for dispensational purposes. You know, those men had the witness of something great and mighty that God was doing in this end time. In fact, the matter is, they would be privileged to even be a part of that and even feel some of the anointing of that. And even see some of the miracles that would happen because God was doing something that was so um, real and so dramatic. Until that um, men like Jack Cole would have to acknowledge that William Branham was a man that was called for dispensational purposes. Now, you know, we, we are in the time or the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times. The word dispensation means to dispense. And the Bible said that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So, you see... Um, we know that God was calling something for a dispensational purpose, as Jacks acknowledged. And the, the people of that day and that time would have to bear witness that God was is doing something that is different, something special in this generation. And I want you to know that has not ceased. 
We are in the moment, in the hour, in the time where God is doing some marvelous and mighty things. Because we are in the end time. The end time didn't cease when William Branham went home to be with God. Miracles didn't cease when William Branham went home to be with God. The Holy Ghost didn't hang up and go home. The pillar of fire didn't vacate the earth. But I'll tell you, the pillar of fire, the Holy Ghost, the same God is here today in this building because we are in a time of dispensational changes where God is doing something very spectacular in the hour that we're living in and you happen to be a part of it, called in this day to be a part of it. It would be said of this messenger, and we have been repeating this over and over again because I want you to let it drive home in your heart that it was said over and again, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. I want to declare to you again this morning, we are in the days of the coming of the Lord. And I'll tell you, the going home of our brother Jerry doesn't change that. The going home of the saints doesn't change that. We will have those that will go home only to rise in just another moment. Amen. Because we are there are some that will still fulfill the scripture of having to go down to the death. But there's going to be a, a people that's alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. That will, will not hinder those that are asleep. Amen. But will witness those in that great resurrection. And we are living in resurrection hour. Because that's what we were shown was the sign of the resurrection. Now, as we think of this again, we are in the dispensation of the fullness. In the dispensing of end time events to wrap up or to gather everything into Christ. Now, again, as we look at this, the uniting of heaven and earth in the great marriage of the Lamb, you realize we are going, we are right now in the marriage of the Lamb. Right now we are in the uniting time. Right now we are, there's a people that are being gathered to him and united with him, becoming one with him. Amen. As in a union or as in a marriage to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. Now, again, his coming is to gather. I'd like to look at this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. For he says, we beseech you. Um, that's 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. 2 and verse 1. For we, be, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. His coming is a gathering to Christ. Amen. Not just a gathering to church. Not just gathering to creed, not just accepting a, a society or a philosophy or an idea. It's a gathering together unto Christ. Amen. So, so again, his coming is a gathering. Amen. The dispensation we're in is a gathering. And you're being gathered somewhere. 
Everybody's being gathered somewhere. You're either again being gathered to Christ or you're being gathered for the tribulation. But you're being gathered. Amen. Now, now as we look at this, I would like to go and speak of John the Baptist's ministry one more time. Let's look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11 because we were told as John the Baptist. And this is what John would say. He would say, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But there's somebody coming after me. I am forerunning somebody. I'm preparing the way for somebody. He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Whose fan is in his hand. You see, it's harvest time. And as they throw the, 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 the shovels full of, of the wheat that, that has upon it the shuck and the husk upon it, and they throw it up. And the fans there are fanning there, causing a breeze. It causes the shock to blow away and pile together and unite together. And it leaves the grain together. The ministry of John the Baptist, what he was introducing was a harvest season. It was introducing a time where there would be a gathering. And so he would describe it as, as we just mentioned, as a threshing floor. Gathering the grain and also separating them from the husk. Amen. Whose fanning is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. In other words, he's going to, he's going to blow the chaff away. He's going to pile it up together. But what will he do? Then he will... He will gather his wheat. Are you with me now? Are gathering together unto him. He will gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Because the remainder goes through the tribulation. No matter how good they have been. And how much a part of the wheat plant. And no, no matter how long that they had fostered and helped. And whatever else. But you see, it comes a time where life moves into the grain. I'll tell you, that's what God's doing right now. Life has moved into the grain. Amen. Because it's a time to gather that wheat into the garner. It's a time. Visualize the harvest at the threshing floor. The winds of the Spirit are moving. Amen. I just want to say to you, it hasn't ceased moving. We can go back and we can testify of what happened in the divine healing movements of the 40s and the 50s. But as Brother Branham said, that was never God's will. He wanted God's power to be in every church. Amen. God wanted his power to be in every church. And as we see the winds of the Holy Spirit move... And the Holy Spirit go, go and sweep over a congregation. We see healing and deliverance and salvation. Hallelujah. We see prodigals. Amen. Coming home. 
we see them returning back again. Because why? The spirit is moving. Amen. Now, it all depends on what you are as to where the spirit moves you. Amen. But if you are the grain, it's going to move you into preparation for a rapture. Not to be identified with the world, not to be identified with the tribulation ahead and the burning, but identified in a rapture. I'm preaching to men and women today who are identified in his resurrection. They are identified in a rapture. They have been quickened by the power of God. They have risen up from sin and from darkness of the world to serve a living God. The resurrection lives in them. We're not just talking about a resurrection. We are the resurrection. Hallelujah. Now, gather, gathering, gathering the grain. Matthew 13, 30 would say it like this. As he would talk about the parable of the tare and the wheat. And he says, the son of man planted a seed. The seed he planted is going to be wheat. The enemy come in and sowed tares. They'll manifest as tares in the end time. They'll be what they are. Every seed must bring forth of its kind. There will be two that will come up. There will be a wheat and a tare. And he said, let them grow together until the harvest. And for 2,000 years, they've been growing together. They've intertwined so much until Christianity is full of dogmas, ideas of man, Catholicism, Trinitarianism, every kind of idea that you can imagine as 40,000 different denominations have now formed on different opinions of one Bible. Amen. You said, well, Brother Tim, I'll tell you, I don't need a prophet to whom the word of the Lord comes to. I can figure it out on my own. Well, you got a big job ahead of you. And I'm not sure when you get it all figured out that you got it figured out right anyhow. Where is your vindication? Where is your proof that God is with you, that he's vindicating what you say? But God would vindicate a message in the last day so that you and me would be sure that this was the truth. So this generation that is charged with bringing back the king would be able to identify him by his own characteristics. We could see him. Not in one scripture, but from Genesis to Revelation. I think of that as he says, let them grow together till the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares. So there's a huge gathering going on. Or either that, the Bible is just full of nonsense, just stories. Or if it's true, then there's a big gathering going on. Amen. And tares are being gathered. Bind them into the bottle to burn them. 
but gather the wheat into my barn. So there's got to be a gathering of wheat. Amen. Listen, church, we are in the day and the time where 1 Thessalonians 4 is no longer a funeral scripture. Amen. It is a reality. We are living out the days of, of the shout and now the voice. We are living here in the end time. Amen. Getting ready for the trump that says, come up here. Amen. Amen. So there's a gathering that is going on. There's a gathering together in the one. And what else would gather them but a message? Amen. Amen. You know, there, there's something gathered you. You didn't just happen to be here today. Amen. There's something gathered you. You knew what time. You knew the place. Come on. Amen. You, you, you've been, uh, most of you have been looking together for at least since Wednesday to be here today. There's a gathering took place. Amen. What was it? There was a message. The message was, we're going to have a service. It'll be at 11 o'clock. It'll be held at 17,500 Highway 371, Minden, Louisiana. That's why you gathered. One reason, amen, that you gathered. Not the only reason, but one of the reasons you gathered. That's why you're here. You didn't wind up over here in, in Timbuktu somewhere. You're right here in Louisiana at this place. Because there was a message came to you that a service was going to be held. Are you with me now? Amen. I want you to, tell, I want you to get it. A message gathered you here. You heard there would be singing. You heard there would be praising God. You heard there would be preaching of the word of God. You gathered here this morning. A message gathered you. But I'm telling you, that's what's gathered the elect in the last day. A message. Hallelujah. A message gathered you into Christ. Because in Christ, there's the Holy Ghost. In Christ, there's the power of God. In Christ, there are miracles. In Christ, there are changed lives. In Christ. A message has gathered you. It calls you to something. To hear, to learn that there's a home going. That we're at harvest time. Amen. That we're being gathered to him. Not gathered to another man. Not gathered to another social gathering. But a gathering to Christ. Amen. Listen. Let me tell you, on May the 7th, 1946, an angel of God came appearing in a pillar of fire. Comes whirling into a room where man had misunderstood ways and didn't understand about this gift that he had and the voices of God that was speaking to him. And, and there in that room that day, the pillar of fire came whirling in and out stepped a man, six foot tall, 200 pounds, hair down to his shoulder. There 
and stood and said, I've been sent from the presence of Almighty God. I want you to know it wasn't just William Branham being visited with an angel. It was you being visited. It was this generation being visited. You were being alerted. Amen. A message was coming from heaven. Heaven was opening. Bringing forth the voice of God to call and elect people. A people for his namesake. You know, it was in it was later that year, 1946, right over here in Arkansas, little Camden, Arkansas, Reverend Adams invited Brother Branham to, the, to come and pray for the sick after hearing the angel had met him and the healing of Betty Daughtery and, and the miracle that had taken place there and the healing of Margie Morgan and, and the different ones that that had taken place and invited Brother Branham to that meeting. And there, the pillar of fire would appear nightly in the service. Just time on time again, calling a, you know, discerning or telling them of what the first sign was in the hand and would tell them of the diseases and afflictions and would show by the prayer that the disease was now dead. Amen. And, and so, you know, it would have been told that there was a pillar of fire. There was a light. There was something present. That, uh, that night, a uh, night in Camden, this is, the, these are in, in the, this is in the book, A Man Sent from God, that there was a picture taken of the pillar of fire as it came. And it had come, they'd seen it coming through the back of the building. And as it came from the back of the building to the platform where Brother Branham was, there were, it passed over people. And as it did, cripples walked and blind eyes came open and every kind of miracle that began to take place. Reverend Adams was sitting right over here. Reverend Adams jumped up and pointed, and pointed there as he saw that light come and he said, I see it, I see it. And he staggered back blind for a moment, sat down in his chair. Many witnessed it that night. But in Houston, Texas, in 1950, and I have a picture ready for you. In Houston, Texas, in 1950, Brother Branham was there in Houston, in Houston, and they had tried to debate whether God was healing. This angel was nonsense. It wasn't really happening. And there... Professional photographers took the picture of William Branham. And then when they saw the light in the picture, they took it, they took it to a man, George J. Lacey, who was a questioner, a question doc, document. He was an examiner, I mean, of question document, documents. And, and then it was taken immediately that night Once it was examined and shown, and he declared it was the only supernatural being ever photographed, that the light struck the lens. And just the other day, I was in Washington, D.C., 
at the Library of Congress and walked in there and asked to see what Brother Branham told us for so long was there. And I'm here to witness to you that the picture was there under copyright. Are you with me? In the Library of Congress. It was there just as it was declared to be a supernatural being. Amen. That their question documents had been examined by this man. He'd even worked on cases for the FBI. And here again, he said, the light struck the lens. And what your prophet of God told you was the truth. Amen. I was there in Brother Bradham's meetings when the light would go over the congregation and call out people that I knew. Amen. And, and, and tell them their name and what was upon their heart. I know. I was there. Amen. I was there the other day in Washington, D.C. and declare to you that it's the truth. It's there. Just like the prophet of God said it would be there. Amen. But I want you to understand that we are not preaching history this morning. We are preaching a now God. Amen. A pillar of fire that is in his people. A pillar of fire that is in his church. The Holy Ghost that moves, that heals, that delivers. That are set free. Amen. Glory to God. It's a God that is real. It's a God that is now. It is a God that is the same today as he was yesterday. Hallelujah. This was for dispensational purposes. Dispensational purposes. This is the dispensational purpose that Jack Coe was talking about. That they all had to bear witness to. Oh yeah, I know we get 50 years down the road and people want to contest and say this and that. Let them rattle all they want to. I was there. Amen. Too many miles behind me. I've met scoffers before. You know Brother Branham preached the message of rapture. And the first half of it, he deals with scoffers. Because as much as a part of our gathering is also the scoffers being gathered. Amen. The Bible told us he would come. Said in the last days, scoffers shall arise. Saying, where is the promise of his coming? After all, this prophecy was given back 85 years ago in 1933 and then again in 1946, time after time in the Pentecostal circles as it would speak in tongues and interpret and speak out a prophecy again, telling us God was doing something, amen, for dispensational purposes. He was doing something to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord, to get a people ready to meet him. I say, let the winds of the Holy Spirit blow. And now I'm not talking about people as chaff. I'm talking about sin as chaff. Unbelief as chaff. Amen. Darkness of this world is chaff. It's music as chaff. Let the Holy Spirit blow. Amen. Believe me, it's pure wheat. Without a bit of chaff. Because we can't take chaff with us to heaven. 
Ain't no chaff going to be raptured. So, Lord, purge me today. Wipe sin out of my life. Take unbelief away from me. Cause me to believe. Because if this message don't turn your heart, there's nothing else that's going to do it. You're not listening to me. I'll tell you again for you to get it. If this message don't turn your heart, there's nothing else coming that will. God shook this generation. God shook this last day. He didn't do it because God was bored. And he didn't forget about us and go home. And go away and forget it. He cannot give up on a promise. If he said, I'm going to come again, he will come again. Because God will not give up on a promise. Hallelujah. That's why we can still preach healing. That's why we can still preach deliverance. That's why we can preach. You can be delivered from your alcohol, your drugs, your adultery, your sin. It's because we preach a God that is a now God. For us, he's been raised up out of history. To show that Jesus of Nazareth is the Jesus of the day. This was for dispensational purposes that Jacko was talking about. It was as John the Baptist was sent to make ready a people for the Lord. Yet, the Pentecostals reject today that there could be an Elijah. They deny that it could happen. They say, that is past. You know, they quote the scripture, law and the prophets were into John. Well, then you leave out the greatest prophet ever was, Jesus Christ. You also deny the scripture that says that he, would, he went he ascended on high and sent back to the church apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. You don't have to deny the gospel of, of Matthew that says, Behold, I will send you wise men and prophets. And many of them you will scourge in your synagogues and reject. There's too much scripture you have to deny. And besides all that, besides all that, if God didn't do something in this age, there would be nobody ready for him. God would have to do something very spectacular, very clear, very precise, so there would be no mistake. He would have to show us he would be, Jesus could not come back. He can't walk the shores, again, the shores again or walk this, your streets. The Bible said the heavens must receive him until the times of restitution. So, again, again, he cannot come back until the meeting in the air. Is that right? We don't even meet him on the earth. We meet him in the air. So God then would have to use a redeemed vessel that he would demonstrate his ministry through, his word through, 
his power through. So there would be no mistake. Are you with me? Amen. And so it was as John the Baptist to make ready a people for the Lord. And, you know, some will say, well, 1933, 85 years ago, that's just a forgotten promise. For 1946, you know, 72 years ago, the Pentecostals raising up in the meeting, speaking in tongues, prophesying, interpreting as John the Baptist. Anna Schrader in Oklahoma, stand up, prophesy, knowing nothing of this. God speaking. And you say, but now that's 72 years ago. It's just a forgotten promise, Brother Tim. And I just want to say I beg to differ. Amen. God hasn't forgotten. And God hasn't abandoned what he started. Amen. This is the day of his coming. And I don't mean a 24-hour event. I mean it is the age, the era, the period, the time, the generation of his coming. Amen. You, we preached about it for years. We talked about it for years. But we're here. This is his coming. We are in that day of his coming. This is the generation. This is the time. This is the dispensation. The generation of his coming. His first coming would start with an angelic visitation. Angels coming to Zechariah, announcing that God would send a man-child who would go forth in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That coming was not a 24-hour event. It lasted one day. It transpired over, over years. And it ended. I want you to hear how it ended. That which was spoke to Zechariah, where an angel appeared and told him of Elijah coming. Are you with me? This was a message of the angel. I'm sending, I'm sending Elijah. The, the, the angel would say in this day, I'm sending him as John the Baptist. Well, how was John the Baptist sent? He shall go forth in the power and the spirit of Elijah. Come on. Amen. I mean, I mean you, can't, you can't have it both ways. If he goes, it comes as John the Baptist. How did John come? In the spirit and the power of Elijah. Amen. To prepare a people for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I know he's preparing me. Amen. His first coming, as I said, would start as an angelic, with an angelic visitation to Zechariah. Announcing this this one, this one would be born. He would be a Nazarite. He would be separated. That's what it means. His diet would be different. His association would be different. He wouldn't get what he, what he got to preach from the theologians. He was a Nazarite separate. He would get it from God. Are you with me? 
And so it was not just a 24-hour event, but it transpired over years. And I want you to hear how it rejected, how it ended. It ended with a rejection, with a crucifixion. I'm talking about 2,000 years ago. Amen. And a, and a resurrection. And a rapture. The ascension. This is how his coming ended. It started with Elijah. And ended with him being rejected. Crucified. Amen. Thrown out of the synagogues. Rejected by the churches. Amen. Come on now. Amen. But the, and then it ended with a crucifixion. Amen. But it don't end there with a resurrection. And it don't end there but with an ascension. Hallelujah. I want you to look at the parallel. Amen. Because this end time coming by the voice of God, by the voice of tongues and interpretation, by the Pentecostal's own mouth. Come on now. This coming starts with an angelic visitation. Announcing that what God was sending the last messenger before his face. A dispensational change. He sent for dispensational purposes. Not carrying on the same old tradition of religion. Of Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian and Catholic. And just starting another denomination. But it was the end of that dispensation. And it was the ushering in of a new dispensation. And this dispensation would gather an elect, gather a bride unto him. Not a personality cult. People can be, people can be attracted to the message by his personality or by their favorite preacher's personality. But that ain't what this is about. This is about a gathering to him. Now, so it began with God sending a messenger. And it would bring about a dispensational change. God once would work in Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterian. But now they're all being gathered and the ecumenical saying, we're all one. And they're being gathered. And they're being gathered with a, a Jesus that don't care about holiness. They really don't care about Bible doctrine. Come on. They don't care about Bible life. Come on. Amen, this is exactly where we're at. I mean, it, it's a time where they're being gathered. But it would, but, but again, it would, this coming would not be a 24-hour period, nor just a 15-year revival. Somebody helping me preach. Amen, but it would transpire over years. And it would end the same way that his first coming did. It would end with rejection of the message. With the crucifixion of the message, crucifying him afresh. Amen. And it will, it will, it will 
it will, it will end with a resurrection and a rapture. Hallelujah. That resurrection 2,000 years ago raised them all the way back to Adam. But this resurrection raised them all up from the last church age back to the first church age. Hallelujah. And brings forth the rapture. Now look what it did. It wrest the covenant of God out of the Jews' hands and put it in the hands of the Gentiles. And in this last day, it rests the covenant out of the hands of the Gentiles and turns it back to the Jews. It's an exact parallel. His coming is in phases. Go back and look at John. I mean, Jesus didn't just come and 24-hour period gone. No, it was, it was years of preparation. Then, here he comes. And even in some ways, that's preparation. And finally, his purpose is revealed. And what looked like his defeat was God's purpose. And what looked like was rejection was God's acceptance. Come on. Amen. The rejecting that the Jews did was for your salvation. Something good came out of it. God had a purpose. He had a plan. Amen. God has a purpose. He has a plan. Are you with me? So here in this last day, it will rest the coming of God out of the hands of the Gentiles and place it back in the hands of the 144,000. And let me tell you what. They're eager to get it. What the Gentiles don't want, amen, the Jews are eager to get. They're over there crying, send me that Messiah. Send me that Messiah. Now, so it would happen in three different phases. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, which is a scripture that we declare not to be a funeral scripture. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall defend the sin from heaven. Now let me stop just a moment. Because we get in our ideas and our minds a lot of times how this is going to happen. You know, we, we get a traditional view. One day, there's going to be this car wrecks everywhere in the world. Man, pandemonium everywhere. You know, uh, newscasters saying it's a strange day out there, folks. Why, there's wrecks everywhere on the interstate. Holes in the, in the roofs of car where people went up. And there's a whole cloud of them. Let me switch over to you over here in Washington. What do y'all see over there? Well, yeah, we just saw uh, Mr. Trump and Ivanka go up. Holding hands with Jimmy Carter. And, and all the others. President Obama. They all just went up. That's the traditional view of the world. You know, we're all going to heaven. Well, if everybody's going to heaven, there ain't going to be no hell. 
Amen. And the heaven, some of these are going to the way they live here. I don't want to go there with them. Because whatever you are here, that's what you're going to be there. And if you don't get a change here, you're not going to be changed there. Somebody help me preach. The change has got to happen right now. Amen. Within your own being. Because whatever condition you're in right now in this service, if you're a disbeliever here, you'll be a disbeliever there. So you won't be there. But as I said, that's the traditional view. But that ain't what he said. He said he would do three things as he descends. Now let's go back to the first Exodus in our mind. And remember in Exodus chapter 3, and I'm not going to turn to it, just going to refer to it. But there was, there was this, this prophet out on the backside of the desert. And he gets visited with a pillar of fire. And it's a burning bush. Amen. And it's the angel of the Lord. Yet it's God because God speaks out of the bush. And he said, I've heard the cry of the children of Israel. And I am come down to deliver them. Amen. Now, what did the world see? They saw a pillar of fire vindicating a prophet with signs and wonders and a message that said, let my people go. Amen. He was gathering Israel to go to the promised land. Amen. That was that exodus. Now, look, he does three things as he descends. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. So we know now there's something he's going to do, a shout. And then with the voice of an archangel, or the archangel. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then it says, thee and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. Do you notice uh, his coming is for us is more of a going away than a coming. Amen. We meet him in the air. For he says, we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's going to be a gathering in another dimension. Amen. Now. He does these three things as he, as he descends. And I want you to say, we have received the shout. Yes, we have. Amen. Amen. And that's not just a noise. No. That's a message. It said something. It wasn't somebody just hollering. It was saying something. God was saying something. And it's described as a, as a mighty shout. But it's not a hoop or a holler. He's saying something. Amen. Can I take just a moment? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 1. I don't always have to preach on my notes. So here, this is, this is where John the Baptist said, here's where I'm found in the scripture. So if we're going back to what God said in this last day, ask John the Baptist, then we want to find him in the scripture. 
Here's where John found himself in the scripture. And he found himself right here. And this is the beginning of John's message. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Amen. Now, remember that's the rapture or the coming message. The message of his coming. It's a message of comfort. Come on. I'm not going to leave you here. I've gathered you to myself. You're not going to go through the tribulation. Amen. You're not going to just perish. But comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saying you're God. And I tell you, the rapture message is the greatest message of comfort. Amen. When we hear of murder and strife and rape and atomic bombs and nuclear weapons and crazy men. Come on, church. Amen. When we hear of, of, of um, the, the homosexual and all the, other, all the other kind of cross-dressers and everything else, what is our comfort? Amen. If our comfort isn't his coming, there ain't nothing can comfort you. Amen, because you're going to be left in a Sodom world, in Sodom sin. But I tell you, the message of the end time is a message of comfort. Amen, I've not forgot about you. I have not abandoned you. I have not forsaken this age. I am right here with you, even to the end of the world. It's a message of comfort. Hallelujah. I'm comforted by these words. The Lord himself shall descend. I'm comforted by knowing it's not a funeral text alone. I'm comforted by knowing there's a people living this out. Verse 2. Speak you comfortly to Jerusalem. Now this is John's message. Cry to her. That her warfare is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is the message of comfort. Amen. Speak comfortly and cry. Now that word cry is actually shout. It's not weeping. It's not boohooing. It's not sobbing. It's not trembling in fear. It's a message. And here's the message. Tell her that her warfare is accomplished. Tell her you're in the last age. I'm bringing it down to our time. Tell her that the great battle ever fought is about to be finished. Amen. Tell her, come on. Amen. That the victory, you're right on the cusp of victory. If I can get you to believe that personally for yourself right now this morning, that you're right here in the presence of victory. You're right here. You're right here. You're right here on the edge of your healing. You're right there. If you need the Holy Ghost, you're right here on the edge of receiving the Holy Ghost. Whatever your need, you're right here. You know why you're right here? Because he's right here. And because he's here, anything can happen. Hallelujah. Anything can happen. When faith rises in the hearts of God's people, anything can happen. We've already seen it. Cancers disappear. We've already seen it. Hair come back on her head. 
brain bleeds healed, cripples walk, blind eyes come open. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friends, you are on the cusp of victory. I would take it for myself this morning. Amen. I would say that victory is mine because Jesus paid it all. Your warfare is accomplished. Your iniquity is pardoned. Sister James, your iniquity is pardoned. That's his word to you, whoever you are. Your iniquity, your sins, your past, the past generation, it is pardoned. It is pardoned. Amen. Accept that pardon. Accept that grace. Accept that mercy. Why is it pardoned? Because she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You, what? Wait, wait, Brother Tim. I have received of the Lord's hand double for all my sins. Yeah, I received it. Where did I receive it? In Christ. Amen. He took my sin. He paid my price. He took my weapons. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace, the weapons I ought to got, he took them for me. And he poured it out upon him. Double upon double upon double. Paying completely for your sins, for my sins. I tell you, you're pardoned. Your sins are purged. Amen, you're clean. The virtuous, sinless bride of Jesus Christ. You never did it in the first place. You've received. You've received. Come on now. You received. Where did you receive it? In him. I was in him. He did it for me. Look, you watch the crucifixion and you think, oh, I feel sorry for Jesus. Listen, Jesus didn't do it so you would feel sorry for him. Jesus did it knowing he was taking weapons he didn't deserve. He was being beat. Amen. Taking your weapons. Taking your sickness. Taking your sins so that you can go free. Oh, hallelujah. So you can be pardoned. Stripped, beaten. Above all men is vicious. His vision, vision is vision, his body. Oh, it bore the wrath. God poured all the wrath upon himself. Everything you deserved and you deserved it. The hell you deserved, he went to it. So that you don't go to hell. Amen. He already defeated death, hell, and the grave. The mighty conquer. And then he put that spirit in you so you can conquer. 
so that you can be victorious, so you can be an overcomer in this last day. Verse 3, the voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Oh my, here was John's message, the voice of him that shouts. He's not in the denomination, look where he's preaching. He's out on the the river Jordan, he was out wherever that he could where he could find a place to preach. Amen. So well, why ain't you on a river today, Brother Tim? How come you're not in the wilderness? Because we, we have a place that's been dedicated where the word can be preached today. Are you with me? Amen. We got a place where the message can be preached freely. Right here. Amen. But it's still the voice that shouts. Amen. And it is in the wilderness. We're not a part of the denominational system. We're not a part of organized religion. We don't belong to the Pope or the Vatican. We don't bow to the beast. We're outside that. Come on. Amen. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This was John's message. It was a shout. And I want to get something to you when we're talking about this. The voice of him. You say, that was John the Baptist. It wasn't John the Baptist. That was, that was God. Amen. The voice of God shouting in the wilderness through a prophet. Come on. It was God calling people. Oh, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is it? Amen. The voice of him crying, shouting in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. Amen. God bringing his big old bulldozer down with the message of a prophet. Amen. This is Malachi. Come on. This is Elijah the prophet speaking out. What's he doing? Amen. He's taking the valleys of neglected truth and exalting them. And he's bringing down the mighty high mountain and hills of man-made theology and bringing them down low. What's he doing? He's going to make a pathway back to God again. So the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places shall be made plain. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking at a bunch of crooked ones, a bunch of crippled, spiritually, physically, financially, all kinds of ways. But God, rich in mercy, made it all straight for you. Hallelujah. You don't have to live a defeated life anymore. There's a message here that'll straighten out the path for you. Amen. You might have been lost a long time, but God never loses one forever. 
Amen. You may stray a while, but let me tell you, his long arm reaches down further than you can look up. Amen. He'll save those that are thought unsavable. Amen. He'll never lose the one of his. Amen. Everyone the Spirit of God called will come, saith God. I'll gather to myself. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And we've seen it revealed in a pillar of fire. We've seen it revealed in the lives of men and women. We've seen it revealed in healings and deliverance. Come on. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And whatever he releases from his mouth, he'll never take it back. Amen and amen. I know you're wondering when I'm going to quit preaching. Well, I don't know. I've hit a I'm hit on a roll right here. I'll just close my notes, but I ain't through. Hallelujah. Amen. May the glory of God be revealed in your life today, in this church, in your being. You ought to be like Mary saying, be it unto me according to thy word. Let that glory be revealed in my life. So everybody passing by can see there's a living God. Not a bunch of dead creeds anymore. Amen. But a living God, a resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, what we need in our churches today is a good old St. Paul revival. Amen. A pulling down of unbelief and a raising up of faith again. For people to believe the living God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, Brother Tim, we got them. But we got the mechanics, all right. I just ask you, where are the dynamics? There's got to be dynamics that go with mechanics. Or you're just another denominational move. Sit there and cough and spitter and sputter and won't go. Verse 6. And the voice said, shout. That's what that word means. And he said, what shall I shout? And this is what he said. All flesh is grass. Here's a message. And all the goodness thereof is as the flowers of the field. All right. What's the next verse now? The grass withereth. The flower fadeth. Because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. And surely the people is grass. Now what's the next verse? The grass withereth. The flower fadeth, there it is. but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Amen. Fleshly things will fall. Man-made creeds will fall. Denominationalism will fall. It's all flesh. It's all man. The Spirit of God blows, and it just blows away. But the Word of our God shall stand forever. I pray I'll have a people unto myself. Amen. That where I am, there they might be also. Hallelujah.
hallelujah, people, that greater is he that is in them, that he that's in the world. Give me one more verse. Oh, Zion, that's the bride that bringeth good tidings. Get thee up to the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be ye not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Amen. You want to know where the God of Elijah is? He's right here in this church. He's right here in your life. He's right here to demonstrate himself. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Don't be afraid to declare. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a Holy Ghost filler. Amen. He's a gift giver. He is the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Of his government, there'll be no end. This is the message. This is the shout. Is there another verse? Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. And behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. You don't have to fear about being abandoned and left here. Amen. The Lord will come with a strong hand. He'll change your mortal body in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Just like he converted your soul. He'll do the same thing. Hallelujah. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather. Here's that word again. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. He'll not forget his people. He'll not forget a promise. He is here for you this morning. You may feel forgotten, but God hadn't forsaken you. He keeps his promise. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who meted out heaven with a span? Who comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? Who directed the Spirit of the Lord or his counselor hath taught him? Amen. With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment, taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. And are counted as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the aisles as a very little thing. He holds everything in the palm of his hand. Amen. Why don't we stand together as the children of God this morning and worship God now? Come on, give him glory. Give him glory. He's pardoned your transgressions, he's wiped away your sins. He is here to bring deliverance in your life. Amen. The power of God and the salvation. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you never forget your word, Lord. Thank you that your promises are sure. They're yes and they're amen. Lord, we've heard the cry. We've heard the shout. The shout of one crying in the wilderness outside a denominational theory. We've heard it. 
and you brought us to yourself, Lord. Pardoning our transgressions, forgiving us of all sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, that men might praise the Lord for his mercies endureth forever. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are open for you today. You don't have to keep stumbling around in darkness. You don't have to have one foot in the world. You don't have to have one foot in the world and the other on a banana peel. You can know the God of your salvation. Amen. He calls this morning. It's a shout. It's a shout. It's screaming out out of every scripture, out of every prophecy, out of every example in the Bible. It's screaming out to you this morning. Oh, you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come to me. I will in no wise cast you out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anytime you quit playing church, anytime that you put away your little petty unbeliefs and Oh, little temporary things that won't make no difference tomorrow and make a difference in your life today. Well, that you will be not ashamed, but scream out the glories and the praises of God out of your life. You can shout it from the high mountains. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. He's gathering. Do you feel his call today? Is there anything that calls in your heart? Is there something that says you're just not where you ought to be? You might, you might be in a church. You might, you might say, well, I, I believe the message. You might say, oh, I, I don't know what I believe. Can you hear the call? Can you feel that pull in your heart and your life? You say you need a change. You realize you can't wait till tomorrow. You can't wait till tomorrow. Last Sunday, our brother Jerry was here in service with us. Today, we're announcing Jesus came for him. He can come for you today. You have no promise that you'll get another opportunity. Can't you hear him call out your name today? He's here among us. Can't you let him change your life? Come on. You can't keep fooling yourself in a backslidden condition. You can't keep fooling yourself just going on and living life haphazardly when you know God did something for dispensational purposes in this day. Are you walking with God? you asked him to change you he's here today he's calling your name he's speaking to your heart amen would there be somebody just raise your hand to God and say brother Tim I'm I, I'm just not where I ought to be I'm just backslidden a little little cold on God and I just realize I'm not prepared for his coming and I want to change here's a little heart that's right here come to the altar today maybe you find the place brother God bless you a brother or sister 
These are not young people. These, these, are, these are some of our elders. Would there be somebody else? Maybe you've been a prodigal for a while. And you've been running, but you can't hide. You don't even know why you're here today, but God's calling. Listen closely. Don't miss his call. Oh, I watched this kid last night. The young people portraying the crucifixion. I saw my own grandson help Jesus pick up his cross and carry it. My heart cried. I said, Lord, let it be. My, my son, my grandson, my children. Let it be. Let it be. I see you rejected and despised of men that they come and help carry the cross. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't do that. So you'd feel sorry for him. So somebody would cry because he was beat so bad. He did that because he was taking your place. He did that willingly. He would say to Pilate, don't you know I could call 12 legions of angels? Don't you know? Don't you know? I'm doing this out of love. I'm doing this for my people, for my bride to cleanse them. Word that I'm taking on the penalty of death, sickness and sorrow, taking it for them, paying the price. Amen. Would it be somebody raise a hand? Just say, Brother Tim, would you pray for me? I need you, Jesus. God bless you. God sees you. Come on, don't harden your heart. Amen. Don't harden your heart. Yeah, that's right. Just let him speak to you right now. While the Holy Spirit is moving. While the water is stirred. While the atmosphere is here. While Jesus is present. Amen. He's here. Listen closely to him. Tell him. He said, all you that are heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest. You don't have to bear that burden of sin no more. You don't have to have that addiction of drugs and alcohol and adultery and sin. You can be free. You don't have to be a slave to pornography. You don't have to be a slave to filth. You can be a Christian, free, pardoned, pardoned. Invite him to do it today. He is here. Hallelujah. Minister, if we come pray with these
They don't know a living God and the power of Jesus Christ. That transforming power. But why don't we invite him to come again? Be the Lord over lives. Bless his name again. Oh, listen to him. Listen closely. That's him calling out your name. 